it'd be super cool if we did this. Oh, fuck me. Welcome once again aboard Beef Station as we hurtle through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. Andrew. Let's get stuck into it. What yeah. are we doing, boy? Our first episode for 2019. 2019. Yep. Uh, recorded. In 2019. Yep. Yep. Unlike the last episode, which was definitely still recorded in 2019, like two hours ago. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, new segment at the end. If you're wondering... While we missed out on the, the news of Leonardo DiCaprio's tragic death, that's why. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if in between r- recording and editing it, he actually, he actually died? Man, the Reddit is predicting that the Queen of England's going to die like tomorrow the or the fifth, next day. Yeah. I'm I'm intrigued. I would be actually so excited if the Queen of England died tomorrow. I think like, it would... The internet would burn itself to the ground. I think... Uh, I that think it guy? will mark a... Because <laughs> this guy on Reddit posted it as a joke and yeah. then deleted his account. Yeah. So like... Oh, man. I think <laughs> if it happens, like, imagine how little there was to go off for conspiracy theories about, like, JFK. Yeah. This is like imagine someone predicted it and then deleted their account. You can't find the post anymore, but trust us to see. Here's a screenshot of it. That, Jesus. Yeah. It's going to be... I, I only want the aftermath of that. Like... Uh, the queen so- ah, fuck it. The queen could die. I couldn't <laughs> shit. I know she's... She's another. had a great life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Beast Station. Let's talk about films. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we've been what off. movies has the Queen been in? I don't know. She's in Johnny English. She hasn't. Yeah, you know, she wasn't actually in that. But oh. you know, well, you mean like, do we have any reason to cover it? <laughs> are there any? Do we movies, have any reason to are, are mention if the Queen of England died? Queen Elizabeth II has actually appeared in the final footage of documentaries, probably. Uh, no, I mean about the Queen. Fictional, now, fictional films. You know, documentaries about why the uh, English royal family is a good good thing for Europe. Yeah, that's true. Boom! Damn! All right. Um, well, what are we talking about this week, mate? A different well, type of uh, conflict. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a whole bunch of films that have been out since we've sort of... We sort of took a bit of a hiatus. Mm. Um, we, we just missed a week. But it, <laughs> <laughs> while you're away, I feel like I... Fucking quick I feel like I didn't watch loads of movies while you're away, if only because I wasn't really sure. Like, there are so many movies that have come out that I didn't want to have to... I didn't want to go and watch you're a whole bunch of movies choice, and then have wasted my time if we don't cover it on yeah. the podcast because it's only worth watching a movie if we cover it on the podcast. Yeah. But so one of the movies we're covering this week is End of the Spider-Verse. Um, Spider-Man which, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, Spider-Man Into the... Into the Spider-Verse, actually. I that's, thought it was... That's what I said. I, Don't go back I have listen. written down Enter the Spider-Verse, whatever. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, an animated one that came out. So that came out last year, but we've sort of been sitting on it for a bit because we have haven't recorded an episode about it for a while. Did it come out last year? I mean, considering it's the f- oh, fourth day of 2019. It did come out more than four days ago, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. When you say last year, I think you're still talking about Did it come out 370 days ago? No. Okay. In hindsight... I realized that it wasn't thing to have smart, said, wasn't it? Yeah, I understand that. But yeah, you're, right. you're being quite mean. Mm. Cold War is the other film, <laughs> is the other <laughs> film that we're doing, which is quite a small film. I think it's only being distributed by Palace Cinemas in Australia. Yeah. Um, well, that's which means Kino like, if you're in Melbourne and a wanker. No, they have loads of Palace Cinemas. They also have a Kino cinema. Oh, okay, fine. Cool. Which is where they show some of their more obscure films. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Carry on. Carry on. Uh, Polish film written. Uh, no, Polish film directed by some dude who you've never heard of who is Polish. Pavel Pawlikowski, I'm going to say. 
I mean, I imagine that's probably not how you say it, but I also don't know how to like pronounce it properly. Yeah, he wrote it uh, and directed it, and a guy called Yanis Glavaski. Man, it's like Dutch and Polish are two things where they are not. The way you, yeah. the way it looks like, is just uh, not I, the way. I, it's I'm pretty sure that P A W E L is is Pavel, but yeah. Oh, okay. So, it's not the way it's pronounced. Here's a fun fact about things that are the way that they're pronounced. This sounds that like we're being sponsored, but we're but, not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Meandies. No. <laughs> I uh, spent some time with some Italians over New Year's, All right, and mate. here's a fun fact about New Year's in Italian. Is it called New Year's? No, it's. Now, I'm going to fuck this up, so if anyone's actually... Yeah, so Gina, any- I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, in Italian, Buon Anno is Happy New Year. So that's like good Good year. year. Yeah. And Anno is spelt A-N-N-O. Now. Buon Anno. How do you spell anus? Tell me how you spell anus in Italian. A-N-O. Boom! So, ha- so, oh, so that's one hilarious. letter of saying great butthole. Nice anus. <laughs> nice new butthole. What's the difference between saying anno and anno? Is it, is it like anno or whatever? It's or like incredibly, very similar. incredibly nuanced. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. And they frequently make in-jokes saying like, happy new butthole. <laughs> nice anus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you're... I think my mother-in-law fucking loves me. Yeah. One no. Every time we see her near, she said she compliments my. We were playing this game where they would try to use either word normally in a sentence, <laughs> and I would try to pick whether or not they were saying year or butthole, <laughs> and it turned out that she was saying butthole every time, <laughs> and half the time, <laughs> half the time I was like, uh, I think that one was year, and she was like, no, nah, it was butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Love so, yeah. that. Love that. Buonanno. I thought this was uh, a soft start to the podcast, but this is this is come right seriously picked up the pace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very happy with that. <laughs> so there's your uh there's your your fun little in if you ever meet any Italians and you need to chat with them. About like, what's it like having year and butthole be so similar in your <laughs> language? <laughs> Call in. <laughs> well, I'm I'm now sad that German doesn't have that same problem. Yeah, no, unfortunately. Do you not. know the German word apple is Arschloch? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that <an> apple? <laughs> it's really it's really difficult when you ask for an apple pie and they give you a funny look. Yeah, it's apple. Fuck. Wouldn't that be great, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The German word for maple tree, though, is penos, and that's no lie. <laughs> penos? No, that's a lie. That all Damn it! <laughs> German's pretty straightforward. There's no confusion. It's very, very annoying and mathematical. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got to move on. Want to see my apple tree, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, Spider Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess yeah. Which one do you want to do first? Let's let's do Spider Man. Yeah, first. let's do Spider Man. Spider Man. Right. So, um, how does a Spider Man theme go? Because that's obviously no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but then what like, do you mean? No, that's it. No, sorry. In the Tobey Maguire version, I remember when there's like fucking mad CGI webs going around the place and everything. There's a like an orchestral theme, and I feel like it wasn't the original theme, but maybe it was just an orchestral remake of the original theme. I think that was. I mean, maybe yeah, or maybe it was just some other random fucking theme mm, for it's the. Very Spider-Man memorable theme. tune, but not that memorable. Clearly enough that I can remember it. Enough that you sang the fucking Batman theme first. No, I knew it wasn't that, 
but I thought it would be funny to sing the Batman theme. Anyway. Not, not that funny, though, was it? Yeah. Mm. That's all I have to say on that matter. <laughs> Cold War. <laughs> uh, yes. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a snappily titled CGI Spider-Man movie. It's animated. Most Spider-Man movies are CGI. It's an animated... Sp- <laughs> no. Just, just, it's an animated Spider-Man movie. You happy with that little nitpick? Yep. 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 100%. Moving on. Uh, Start this year as an- I mean to continue. Ah! Animated Spider-Man film. <laughs> uh, directed by three people. Holy shit. Bob Pashitti. Bless you. Pashik... Oh, it's no, Persichetti, We're sorry. sticking with Pashitti. <laughs> it reads a bit like that, but it's Bob Persichetti, <laughs> Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. Now, yeah. I was doing a tiny little bit of research on those three right before we started. None of these people have done like anything done I'm particularly interested in. Genuinely no. nothing. Like I think one of them has been a writer on some stuff for a little while. Yeah, but, like, Rodney Rothman also wrote some stuff. Yeah, and Phil, <laughs> Phil Lord is credited coming up with the screenplay and the story. And none of those people have anything significant behind any of their names. Right. Oh, right. So, so Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are the ones who I see in the headlines as being creatively involved with this, even though they're not listed as... Right. Oh no, Phil Lord wrote it. Right. Oh, yeah. So they directed and wrote Le- Cloudy with a Chance they of did, Meatballs. Yeah. So they and did the Lego, movie. the Lego Movie, Twenty One Jump Street, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So, so that's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Okay. These guys yeah. are great. Um, yeah. The Lego Movie and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, two really fantastic animated films. Yeah. So, okay. There's a little bit of expertise here then, <laughs> um, but not really. Like the directing team, not particularly well known. No. Uh, I, uh, I went. I went into this with. Uh, Callum and Anna, mm. we watched, all watched that together, and they both went in saying that show. friends of the show. Um, uh, they both went into that saying they weren't really expecting very much at all. Yeah, um, shows how much they they respect my opinion as a as a <laughs> media broadcasting professional. But that's fine. I um, didn't expect good things. Yeah. until I heard really good things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from like the right people or whatever. Yeah, not me, but like other no other people with respect. Almost anyone with but. opinions worthy of respect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right, no, okay. um, Why would I listen to? <laughs> A fellow co-host. <laughs> Why? After thirty episodes, there's no point really yeah, changing I anything. Know. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought it was great. I had a I had a great old time with it. This was well. I mean, listeners will know that this made my top ten. Yeah, possibly top five. <laughs> top five. It was number four of my top ten from last week yep. when we released our 2018 wrap one, one week whole week ago. ago. <laughs> Uh, Very good Funny to us Probably not to anyone <laughs> listening like, Yeah it was a week ago What are you talking about <laughs> Yeah yeah <laughs> Imagine if this was a week Before <laughs> the last one That we did two hours ago <laughs> Yeah Funny to the 30 people That listen to this week <laughs> to week Other than that Like no I listened to that yesterday I don't know what you're talking about Yeah um, Yeah I thought it was great When I'm editing this I'm going to be like Shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> And it's all staying in Yeah It absolutely. was fantastic Yeah um, It was really good I uh, I guess I expected something similar to the quality of the rest of the Marvel movies, except I had heard people saying that this was better than. Yeah. So, uh, and it was. It was really, really, really great. Yeah, it was really cool. I um, So it kind of starts off, if we can sort of describe it briefly, yeah. about what it is. It's uh, Miles. So the one thing that is kind of shitty about this is like, well, if there's already a world where there is a Spider-Man, why is there a second fucking radioactive spider kicking around that also gives Miles Morales spider powers? Because that's, so that's what it is. Miles Morales is this some teenager dude who 
in his world, Spider-Man is already a guy who exists. Yeah, a superhero, and yeah. And Miles Morales, like, looks up to him and fucking loves Spider-Man. Right. And a series of events mean that... Imagine that Miles Morales is a normal dude, like a normal human in any other Spider-Man movie. Yeah, he's like a That's normal kid in, in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, a series of events that take place within, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie um, mean that the Spider-Man in his universe dies tragically. Yes. And Miles Morales gets bitten by a radioactive spider that also gives him Spider-Man powers. Right. Um, and I don't know where that radioactive spider came from. Yeah, it's I'm a weird. It's a it weird escapes. part. We're like, wait. So why does there have to be another Spider-Man? It's the one bit where it seems a bit strange. But I'm I think assuming they, it escaped from the lab. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think that um, Spider Spider-Man comics recently rebooted. Uh, Spider-Man as a comic book and right. Miles Morales is the new Spider-Man so maybe they just wanted a way to use the new guy I don't know enough about the comic books to really understand like why it is that he is the new Spider-Man other and than like again, there was another was spider that gives you Spider-Man powers yeah this. no impossible so, absolutely yeah. not it's not There's really no freely, no. Could have... no absolutely not no. I don't know why you no it's, it's not so I don't know why you keep well yeah I didn't yeah. I don't mm, need to yeah. bring it up really um, but I just thought, just in case anyone wasn't sure... There are certain researching difficulties you have with this show. There is no possible way of finding that information out, and so there's no... Yeah. It's actually illegal. Don't have to... <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the... Follows on him trying to work out how to use his spider powers. He's not quite sure, because <laughs> Spider-Man died, so he can't ask... He can't just yeah. text Spider-Man, be like, oh, Spidey, what do I do? Um... <laughs> He has the same sort of Tobey Maguire shit where he's like sticking to stuff randomly and doesn't really understand why. Yeah, in, um, in fact, maybe like even more than the yeah. Tobey Maguire films yeah. of him trying to fucking figure There's out like how to actually... 20 minutes of him walking around with like office supplies and shit stuck to his hands. <laughs> like, um, like awkwardly sticking to people. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the main... Uh... Whoa. And then the main complicated died. <laughs> and then the main on his ass forgetting what he was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then the main I got I ain't clean. I ain't clean audio. <laughs> You're not getting an edit point, mate. <laughs> and then the main complication of the movie is that the big villain, who I think his name's Kingpin. I don't know if that's Spider-Man. Yeah, has Wilson this giant Fisk like slash Kingpin. Yeah, yeah. He has this giant fucking particle accelerator thing that opens up a dimension into parallel universes, and all these other Spider-Men, Spider people, uh, <laughs> flood into hit Miles Morales's universe and so then there ends up throughout the movie being about six or seven fucking different Spider-Man from different crazy parallel Spider Spider-Man universes um, that all team up to defeat Kingpin and get the particle accelerator working again so they can go back to their dimensions right or before it causes some sort of instability that destroys whatever you know there's um, some impending threat of yeah universal doom in fact there might not even be I think I think I think Wilson Fisk wants to destroy no, Wilson Wilson Fisk, Kingpin guy, has this particle accelerator so he can go into a parallel dimension and get his family back who died or whatever. Yeah. And then all the other Spider-Men who accidentally get transported into our Miles Morales universe figure out that they're slowly dying because they're in the wrong universe and they will die if they don't get back. So I Get think, back to their own one. Yeah, yeah, and I think that maybe the, universe, the, the machine might tear Miles Morales' New York apart or whatever. So there's... Yeah, there's some... Like, it's a standard comic book fair yeah. of, like, threat of large-scale destruction. Yeah. If you're dealing with interdimensionality, probably people need to go home <laughs> and whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. But that's not the interesting bit about this movie. Yeah. For a start, the um the all these different Spider Men are really great and it's like a nice surprise to see 
the different takes they have on Spider-Man. So there's like a spider woman where yep. um, Mary Jane in this other universe, the equivalent of Mary Jane gets bitten by the spider and has spider powers and Peter Parker is like the boyfriend who she's trying to keep a secret from. And there is, I don't know, if, if think you don't want to know what the other, yeah? Yeah, so I think like, I don't know. Uh, uh, we should lead early with this. I reckon let's just delve straight into talking about the whole thing, right? Okay, well maybe we'll start with the things we like that aren't necessarily spoilers. The okay, art cool. style in That's this. That's exactly what I was going to mention. Cool. It's really cool. It's not like any cool animated movie. from us just being like, oh, it's, it's pretty cool. cool. Cool it pictures. One of the linchpins of this film yeah. is, is that it is a moving artwork almost constantly. Like the backgrounds, a lot of the backgrounds kind of look like they're painted, if that makes sense, G- yeah, rather than 3D models. But the characters kind of look like 3D models. And the way in which the characters and sort of the foreground It's kind of like being rotoscoped a little bit, like which is yeah, a certain yeah, I filter suppose so, that yeah. Um, yeah, some movies have. But Yeah, well, and so that, you know, the way in which these like 3D elements interact with the sort of painted comic booky looking drawing kind of elements of the world looks really cool. It's... Really, there's a really strong sense of like location and identity derived from like how the city around Miles is drawn. Yeah, um, he participates in a fair bit of street art, and um, I don't know if they got real street artists in to design a lot of the work in and this. I, I imagine the sorts of people that work as animators on these movies are pretty versatile, anyway. So like, yeah, but sometimes like I, I know, you know we were talking about some video games last week, like Half Life. The graffiti in that is real because they got real graffiti artists to come in and then just rendered the real graffiti into the city. So that's I don't cool. Know if they I didn't, didn't I didn't know that. Things. That's yeah. cool. Um, and it's like I think pretty convincing. Yeah, um, it looks awesome. So and, like, it's, it's like it's psychedelic brilliant. kind of. Um, uh, I don't remember the word. My God. What's mm. the thing where you like hallucinate? Hallucinations. There's like, <laughs> <laughs> there's like psychedelic type hallucinatory kind of visions of the city as things distort yep. and warp um, that look really cool in animation and I think obviously wouldn't work in if it was like this story but in real life or whatever. Yeah, there's just um, no way that you could do a lot of the shit that they're trying to do yeah. at this point in time. Or like doing this in real uh live action yeah would a not have the same effect no it wouldn't work as well it'd be like live action like disney shit is live action with an animated fucking live yeah action. and you could do it in like a space jam style thing but it just wouldn't work as well really yeah um and uh, yeah just the the way that different styles of art interact is is really fantastic one thing that really pissed me off and uh <laughs> fuck you hoyt spell conan for this <laughs> is that uh we accidentally had the 3d showing of the film i didn't know it was showing in 3d was it all right uh no because we didn't have the glasses <laughs> oh really yeah so like <laughs> did you watch the whole movie like that yeah like and what you know most of the time it's okay but uh, there were a lot of times where people's limbs were out of focus and stuff are you like serious that. yeah it's why didn't you just stop and get them to fix it because well, I'm assuming that it would be, like, impossible to fix in the time span that the movie would take. You know, like, they'd probably have to change over the footage, I mean, keep this, the schedule this might not be an interesting. This might not be an interesting conversation. I think it was, like, an really impossible easy, problem It's to really easy to fix. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, to that's an extent... Re- that's, a really, that's a really fucking rookie mistake to make. Yeah, it, it must have. And, like, to the, to the point where I wasn't... I, I kept second-guessing myself, being like... Is it just the art style? Like- there is some of the art that's kind of blurry. Like sometimes, like the backgrounds kind of jitter. Like it looks like they've animated frame for frame and kind of drawn it, and it jitters a bit. Like this was like things genuinely being out of focus. Like you know what a three D movie looks like? It looks fucking three D. If you've 
taking your glasses off in a right. 3D movie. It looked like that. But like, you know how things in I the... I just didn't see how that hasn't come up before. Like, that's the most... That's, that, to me, is like you said, yeah, the movie was like screening in Arabic, but like, we just kind of made <laughs> no, do it. And that's the most wildly unacceptable way of watching I think, the movie. I think I got used to it. And because most of the primary characters were always in focus most of the time, it wasn't distracting. But like, things in the background that moved around a fair bit, I was sometimes like... I don't think you watch this movie properly. That's, that's an insane way to watch the movie. Like that is that is. I mean, I don't want to linger on it for too long, but that is that is the most ri- ridiculous. I, I would never have put up with that. That's ridiculous. So, uh, if that's what happened, then that definitely detracted a little bit from my experience, but not enough to not make it in my like top four of twenty eighteen. <laughs> that's, that's the most insane story. But if if it wasn't the case, then there's just some some animation every now and then that made it look like things were out of focus. And yeah. I guess maybe that was... I mean, it doesn't sound like it was very choice, good. But <laughs> Either the cinema equipment was defective or the animation was terrible. So, yeah, beyond that, like the art style, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, the music, really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a great, like, kind of, I don't know, modern, urban score. Like Yeah, know, I, did, I, did, I thought it was pretty cool. Lots of kind of dance music, a bit of hip-hop type stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, I thought um, it was pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, the music was by a guy that has done a lot of other... <laughs> by a man who's named Daniel Pemberton. He's done like Ocean's yeah, 8, Ocean's 8, Molly's Game, a whole bunch of stuff. I'm like, oh, I didn't really notice the score in that. <laughs> Which probably so, like, means he was doing his job yeah, pretty I'm, well, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure I remember any specific songs from this, but yeah, I just remember Yeah, I mean, the there's thinking. a difference between the, mu- the score and the yeah, like, you know original I mean. songs they're using. The, so like, the, the music probably did the score. So. Don't know, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have a tremendous amount to say about this film. I think I really. I think I really enjoyed it. It was really funny. Um, the characters were all compelling in in a cartoony, comic booky kind of way. I think sense. it was one of the cleverest Marvel films I've ever seen, for yeah. a few reasons. But one of the reasons was that it made, and this is my soapbox again, but it made genuinely insightful social commentary in ways that were very quick, and you could have missed it if you weren't kind of, not if you weren't looking for it, but if you happen to lose focus for a little while. Yeah. So like, um, for example, at one point, the uh, one of the spider men in this case mm-hmm. uh, comes through to Miles, tele- uh, Miles, Miles Morales' reality and there is a chief scientist of a research facility. Yeah. And they're like sketching out a plan to break into the research facility and access the chief scientist's computer and so the new Spider-Man's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'll do this. You do that. I'll do this. Uh, you distract um, You distract him. Yeah. And uh, while you're keeping him distracted, I'll access his computer and whatever. And Miles is just like, uh, it's actually a woman. And he's like, I will reassess my assumptions. <laughs> and then they change the story again, like just really quickly run yeah. back through it so that he uses the right pronouns to, <laughs> to not... Yeah, and it was like really clever. Yeah. Um, because they didn't have to write that in, but it showed a, a perspective of like a thing that often happens where, yeah, you do assume masculine, especially in that type of industry. Um, and they actually gave the time to very... In a very quick and witty way... Just kind of like be like, hey, you know when this happens? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. No, that was cool. Yeah, fix it. You know. Yeah, um, and, and there were lots of moments that have that type of character. Yeah, where they were addressing kind of um, 
social issues. And I think the writing, like, that was really good and really snappy. One of the snappiest, maybe the best writing in any superhero yeah. movie. And I think that's one of the best assets of Sp- Spider-Man as a character, is he's a witty, snappy, one-liner mm. type guy. So when you have a movie with six Spider-Men in it, yeah. you want it to be, like, funny. And it yeah. really was. And every character really held their own. Yeah, maybe. Um, I-, I reckon the best writing in any Marvel film I've ever seen. And yeah. also the funniest Marvel film. I've really ever funny. Um, I was so, laughing almost the whole time. Yeah, so launching into uh, a bit about maybe... territory, right? A bit of spoilers, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that... Yeah, fuck it. Spoilers from now yeah. on. Go, um, but before we do... I would strongly recommend going and watching this movie. Yeah. Um, as I said, it was in my top five of 2018. Um, I think it's still showing in cinemas. So if you can catch it, definitely go watch it in a cinema. It is a big moving artwork. Yeah, um, 100%. If you can't, catch it somewhere else because it's really, really, really brilliant. Watch it in 3D or watch it in 3D with the glasses on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Personally, I would make either of those choices. <laughs> Unfortunately, the choice was made for me to do neither of those things. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so launching into a bit about like these different Spider-Men, the main one he interacts with is like um, Peter Parker from an alternate dimension where he's kind of like a shitbag. <laughs> a 30-year-old schlub. Mary Jane left him. He's got kind of fat and doesn't yep. fit into the Spider-Man suit That's anymore. so funny. And, um, <laughs> and he's like... I think he's this like schlubby hobo Spider-Man. He's yep. wearing, he wears tracksuit pants. He wears the the top half of the Spider-Man outfit and then tracksuit pants and like yep. bare feet the whole time. And he's the one who has to sort of like Mr. Miyagi style teach Miles how to be Spider-Man. And his uh his role, sorry, he's voiced by uh Nick Miller who play uh, he's voiced by Jake Johnson who plays Nick Miller in New Girl. Right, um, yeah. And he's really good in it. He's also in like 21 Jump Street <laughs> and he was in Jurassic World as well. He was um, he was really good. He's an excellent actor um, and a very good voice actor as well. And the scene where... He's a really good loser. Yeah, and the scene where like homeless hobo schlub Spider-Man is passed out and is being dragged along by a train. I, <laughs> oh, I, cri- so good. I cried laughing watching yeah, it. Yeah, it was so I th- funny. I think I was the only one laughing in the cinema when that happened and I was laughing the entire time. Well, you were the I- only <laughs> correct person. Was- that was so funny. Absolutely fucking hysterical. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I- interestingly, the Spider-Man who dies at the beginning of the, in the beginning of the film uh, that Miles Morales kind of like replaces or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's Chris Pine. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so big name there. Yeah, hey, um, there you go. Uh, <laughs> launching into like, it'd be nice if you found this out for yourself territory. Um, the next Spider-Man is so Gwen Stacy is like an alternate universe uh, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Woman. Played by Hayley Seinfeld. She, Steinfeld. Sorry. She's good. And there's a bit of a weird kind of romance thing there. Because um, yep. she, Peter Parker died in her universe. So... She has this weird relationship with these like the seven fucking Peter Parkers that show up in the movie. Yeah, yeah. she was um, best friends with the the Spider Man that died. So it's oh yeah, right. Different. It wasn't yeah. a dating. Yeah, it's okay, not. There's yeah. there's a romance, but it's irrespective of her uh, connection to Spider Man. <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's been long enough. I didn't remember whether it was a yeah, romance yeah, or that's not. Right. Um, I'm happy to offer corrections. Yeah, cool. The um the next one is Nick Cage, who plays <laughs> Peter Parker. Slash Spider Man Noir from like a Nick Cage. Yeah, from like a so he's like a black and white 1930s hard boiled detective style Spider Man. Yeah, with and he, like all his animation is in black and white. So he's entirely he's yeah, a he's black entirely and white Spider Man the whole time in this film. He kind of looks like those Humphrey Bogart so, detectives with the long trench coat and yeah, the hat. Yeah, yeah. He talks entirely in like, like neo noir 1930s like, detective style. Lines. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes narrates to himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently. 
Cage, like based it on kind of Humphrey Bogart. That kind of thing, yeah. Oh, fuck, it's great. And uh, one thing, getting into that like difference in animation thing, another thing that's just a joy in this movie is all of the spider people that come from different worlds have different styles of animation to the point where some of them aren't even drawn in the same way. Yeah. So like... So the other one, there's an anime Spider-Man. Yep. Where she is drawn in full anime style at a different frame rate. (laughs) Oh, really? To the other spider people. That's hilarious. Yeah. So anime Spider-Man is a Japanese schoolgirl. Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman, yeah. Um, whose powers come from the fact that she knows how to control this Spider-Man looking mech thing that in its <laughs> so she doesn't have powers core has an actual spider like a radioactive spider that's best friends with her right yeah she's best friends with a radioactive spider that controls the spider mech and that which is just fuck, it's, it's just so good as stupid and as, as insane as it sounds um, there is John Mulaney John Mulaney as <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> this is my favorite joke of the last year. Peter Porker. <laughs> As Spider-Ham, who is like a alternate parallel universe Spider-Man where he's actually a talking, like an anthropomorphic talking pig. He's like a Looney Tunes character. <laughs> But spider ham. It says here he was once a spider and he was bitten by a radioactive pig. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's insane. They do like this quick rapid fire (laughs) series of intro videos to get all of these people established because they all come through at the same time. And it is so funny. It's basically clearly seeing the creator's riffing process. Yeah. And it's made it into like a multi-million dollar animated film. So like Spider-Man, the Spider-Ham, is like as tall as a pig. He's like one and a half feet tall. Yeah, and he but walks he's... like Porky Pig. Yeah, and he's animated like uh, like Looney Tunes characters. Yeah, he's like so cel-shaded like he pulls, kind of stuff. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out an enormous hammer that would never fit yeah. in the pocket, for uh, example. Or like drops an anvil on people and um, shit. Like he'll punch someone and a cloud will go like wham! But like only when he does yeah, and it won't for anyone yeah, else. Uh, it's so Drops good. like a grand piano or an anvil on someone. Um... Oh. They're all animated differently, like he you said. He is one of the funniest things. And also John Mulaney, just a perfect voice for this character. Yeah. Um, fits so well. <laughs> so I heard that when he... Ca- I watched an interview with him on, on Conan or whatever, and he was talking about how in some animated movies, they're very tight with the script, and you've got to... Oh, any movies. You're very tight yeah. with the script, the comedies or whatever. And others, they sort of let com- comedians sort of riff a bit. Do their jobs. And so... Um, <laughs> He sort of was asking when he went in to record his vocals, like, "Oh, how loose, how loose can I be with this?" Right. And they're like, "Oh, have have fun with it, yeah, go, go right. nuts." Um, and Perfect. so he said he spent like a good five or ten minutes recording lines that were like, "I'm poor, I'm Spider Ham, you motherfuckers, listen here, <laughs> F- fuck you," type shit. And like <laughs> ten minutes in, he sort of went, "Sorry, what's this rated?" They're like, "Oh, no. P- PG." So you couldn't use any of that. He goes, "Yeah, but it looked like you were having fun, so we let you go." <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So oh, no one wants to whole, interrupt John Mulaney. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of outtakes <laughs> with him dropping Hell out, yes. dropping like motherfucker <laughs> type <laughs> shit. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Um, and then the whole movie is just kind of a thrill ride with all of those type of characters, sort of fostering Miles, who's not really good at being Spider-Man for most of the movie. Yeah, because um, he has other abilities. Um, so they all have slightly different abilities and weird uh, But kind of he things, has yeah. special ones where he can uh, turn invisible yeah. and also uh, zap people with electricity. Yeah. So, well, But he doesn't know, in a kind of a bit of a 
pastiche. He doesn't yeah. know how to control those powers properly, so he can't do them on command. And actually, interestingly, the more I think about it now, so the Spider-Man in his universe that dies was blonde, yeah. and Miles Morales is obviously like this like black guy who's Spider-Man. Young black kid, um, yeah. And Dr. Octopus is a woman in this universe. So the, actually, the main universe it starts in is not the main Spider-Man universe, is it? No. The, the Spider-Man no universe main it's set Spider-Man in, universe. Well, yeah, but like the Spider-Man universe it's set in isn't the Sam Raimi... Amazing Spider-Man uh, no. one from recently or anything. Nope. No, uh, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, it, the it, idea that like and it, it people sort of, were saying, and it sort of introduces this mythos into the movie that like it's not as if they're, they're Spider-Man is being remade. Every single one of those is a valid Spider-Man movie, and they all exist in this multiverse, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, it's neat um, for sure. And I saw a couple of people trying to argue that the Spider-Man that dies at the start was the real Spider-Man, but then as you've rightly pointed out, a Missing the entire point of the film. Yeah. And B, um, yeah, it's not the same as any of the pre-existing yeah. ones. So, yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of other really interesting characters. Uh, Prowler, the uh, evil uh, menacing monster thing that kind of comes after him. Yeah. Um, I also really liked uh, basically the entire Morales family. Um, so, like, I think his... Uh, Miles' dad is really excellent. He's very funny, but a couple like, of like proud pro- dad cop type thing. But a few properly heartfelt moments. Yeah. Um, and lots of those throughout this film. Uh, his uncle Aaron Davis, played by uh, Mahershala Ali, who I is one of my favorite actors. Um, full stop at the moment. Lily Tomlin is great as his aunt, and yeah, I, I think just I don't know everyone, and uh, yeah, Catherine Han as um. Olivia Octavius, or Doc Ock, yeah. is is also really great. Just everyone is fantastic in this film. There's not a single voice actor who grates or doesn't kind of fit their character. Yeah, they're all really good. Perfectly. Oh, we suck, by the way. It wasn't Terry Crews that plays Miles Morales' um, dad. It's Brian Tyree Henry, oh, I was getting confused who is with, in yeah. Atlanta, If Beale Street Could Talk, Widows, and a whole bunch of other shit. Oh, right. Yeah. Did he play a character in Iron Giant? I don't know. I've already closed the Wikipedia page. Oh, well, mean. that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. Anyway, everyone's great. Um, and yeah, I, I just think like in a in a combination of the different elements of this film, yeah, the direction is fantastic. All of the, the scripting is like, as I said, I reckon the best I've seen in a Marvel film. It's the so much fun to watch. The the best I've seen in a Marvel film. The animation is is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and is aware of itself in the different animations of the, it's the various not characters. not like any animation I've ever seen before. No, no, absolutely yeah. not. Um, and uh, the like, the sound is great. The actual narrative is fantastic, but it's not... It, it, it is aware of its own cliches and plays off them. Yeah. Has a joke about previous Spider-Mans. It even has a joke about the 2017 Spider-Man PS4 game that came out and a bunch <laughs> yeah. of the... And it, it um, references all the other ones, it ref- like the Andrew yeah. Garfield one and the Tom Holland one and all those. It, it's really fantastic. Um, and uh, also with the, uh, I guess, the you know, positive social work that it's doing, um, really interacting in a, in a, uh, a fantastic way with American black culture and, yeah. and uh, you know, this new established Miles Morales as a... Um, a kind of young Spider-Man that's still trying to figure out what the what the fuck it actually means to be a superhero and yeah. and and a little more so than Peter Parker. The way that it reflects, I, I meant Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that it reflects 
the various losses of the character because they all kind of have their individual like origin stories um, is really interesting to see. It is really cool. It's, it's really kind of compelling, I think, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just as, a, as an aside here, the actor who plays um, Miles Morales' father, Brian Tyree Henry, said that he's 36 and he thinks he's, he thinks that he would have been... He said he thought he was too young to portray the father of a teenager, but agreed to do it after he found out that this, this was going to be the first non-white portrayal of Spider-Man. Oh, awesome. So there you go. Yeah. Sort of like a thing that everyone's really keen to get in on. Makes a difference. But yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I think just a wonderful film, an absolute delight to watch. The portrayal of Aunt May is so much fun in this film. Yeah, I, as, like, I mentioned the, the voice actor earlier. Lily Tomlin, yeah. As this like, badass old... Oh, yeah. she's amazing, yeah. yeah. As this like, badass... Uh, old lady type thing. Yeah, she's really wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, to, I, I don't know. I feel like it would be easier to have this conversation with with people that have seen it just because I want to kind of gush over various moments in the film. Yeah. Um, There's so many moments that are so but funny. There, it's, it's really worth It's seeing. too dense to do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like Spider-Man films and animated films together sort of feel like the, often they're Kitty in a in a way. Yeah, I don't think this is like this that. I think this is this all. is like fun for the whole family type thing. Despite its PG rating, um, I, you know, it it had a real emotional darkness to it. I think in yeah, just absolutely. in the, the lost it characters incur and well, and a lot of the characters like witness death or experience death of their near family members yeah. in some way that just sort of really drives them from this like kind of dark place. And having you know, I think it's approaching some of the more nuanced animated films in how it's portraying like the challenges and difficulties that characters encounter. Like, it yeah. doesn't always have to be that someone gets killed or that a bad dude wants to control the world. It can be, like, your relationship with your dad gets pretty strained. Yeah. You know? And, like, how do you deal with that? And also, h- how does he deal with you all of a sudden completely changing as a yeah. person and character? And, in fact, you're right. Sorry. But that's, um, that's why it was important that I got it wrong before. The uh, Spider-Woman... That was interesting because it was just it was just her friend Peter Parker who yeah. died, and that was like her emotional driving. There was there wasn't any romance to it. No, she yeah. wasn't romance driven, which is yeah, really yeah. a really cool decision, um, and probably important for female characters in general that it's not always just about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that was a great great movie all over. I think it's probably as much as I have to say about it. Yeah, but I think it's definitely worth seeing. Um, if it I gets it. out on, ne- yeah, it was top- I I hope that wins best, best animated. animated? Movie. I don't, I, I, Do you reckon I, anything else beats it out for best animated? I mean, did any Pixar movies come out recently? No, I wouldn't know. Be good if it won. I certainly don't think anything is more memorable than it this year. Yeah, no, me neither. I mean, I haven't watched. Oh, Isle of Dogs was that? If that counts as last, Isle of Dogs could win if that's this year. That was a beautiful piece of animation. I almost feel like that's not animation, even though it it obviously is. But yeah, yeah, it's stop motion, which is animation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Um, I thought Isle of Dogs. I thought was great. I like in terms of the animated style. It was Isle of Dogs is great, but I, I reckon this would. I suppose it depends on whether you're awarding it for the animation itself, or whether you're awarding it for films that are Personally, animated. Both. Even then, yeah. wouldn't it be great if you can get an animated film that wins Best Picture someday? That'd be cool. Mm-mm. Yeah. I wonder if that's happened. Seems kind of weird that, in the same way, as like, can you get a foreign film to win Best Picture? Like, it seems kind of seems kind of shit that you have like Best Film is like Best uh, Live Action American Movies. Yeah, yeah. Best yeah, Live yeah. Action Movies where they speak English. Um, <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Well, I think it's just by virtue of the awards being rooted in an English-speaking country. I suppose but, so, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so that's that's uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after definitely a bit of time off, it. I haven't thought of doing any kind of better than worse than. But I definitely think that um, I enjoyed this more for Spider-Man movies. I, I enjoyed this a lot more than a tremendous amount of Marvel films. Um, I think in terms of Spider-Man movies, I might even edge... 
the oh, this is a this is a hot take. This is either All just right. as good or maybe slightly less enjoyable than the Tom Holland nah, Spider Man. I really liked that first Tom Holland film. I thought it was cool. Nah. Um, this is way better. Nah, in my opinion. Oof, I haven't nah. seen the Tom Holland one. Uh, uh, or maybe Deadpool. I think it's on par with like uh, movies like. Probably as good as Deadpool, at least. Yeah, shit. Um, I think I actually enjoyed this more than I enjoyed the first Deadpool movie when it came out, uh, which is a, an equally hot take. Fuck it. Here's my, here's my hot take. This is better than the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, and this is worse than Deadpool. Okay. All right. Boom. Fair enough. Sit down in that sweet spot. I don't know a... I don't know a worse than... Worse than hard. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, this this would be worse than yeah any any of the live action Spider Man so far I think um, worse than sorry they would be worse than it <laughs> right yeah it's not how the system works man oh well let's move on to the next film you get it we like the film I, go, go I'm struggling watch to it. think of a film that I enjoyed more than this so uh, right, like okay. that's comparable yeah um, it so always yeah, seems so sad I think great. I think the worst doing the the worst stands are difficult. Because you sort of it feels like savage. Because often we're talking about movies we really liked or whatever. Or yeah, like, I don't know. What was this worse than? It's often uh, then it, maybe it's just the it's just if if we like the film it's hard to I'm think of think a worse than anim- if we didn't animated like the, movies that we, I liked yeah. more than this. If we didn't like the film, it's always hard to think of like a better than like. <sighs> just one of the best animated movies I've this ever seen in my than? life. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. So I don't know. Yeah, tough one. I might not have one on the spot. Oh, there you go. Um, next film that we saw this week, actually today was Cold War, mm. which is a Polish film by Pavel uh, Pawlikowski, I'm going to go with. Um, I think you nailed it. It's a period film set in the... sort of it, it's, it tells the story of a span of time. It basically, it's set in Poland and France and Germany in the period directly after the Second World War. So the sort of 1949, 1950s, and the end of the story sort of tails into the early 60s. Yep. But it tells the story, essentially, of this composer, this Polish sort of piano player, musician, composer, whose name is Wiktor Vasky, um, who in 1949 seems to be doing this research project with a colleague of his recording and sort of... Yeah, making a public record of like Polish folk songs right. in 1949, directly after the Second World War. So you get these beautiful sort of shots and sort of day in the life and sort of samples of Polish culture in that sort of really difficult period of history. The, f- the opening of the film sort of shows them traveling around Poland in the countryside and recording everyday peasant type people, I think they say, um, sing, playing the accordion and singing folk songs in Polish. It's all the whole films in Polish. It's one of them films where you got to read. Um, and then doing he's doing this project. <laughs> I actually had a customer say that once. <laughs> um, and he, the project then is to then uh, recruit young Polish men and women uh, who are good singers or good dancers or good musicians. And then, dress these folk songs up and put on a beautiful concert. So they they sort of arrange the folk songs for choir and orchestra and dancing and perform them for Europe and they tour this show. And as a way of, I imagine, showcasing Polish culture and sort of like as a celebration of their Polish identity. And I think a lot of these songs are actual... Traditional. Folk songs. Polish folk songs, yeah. yeah. Um, It says here on Wikipedia that it's... Loosely inspired by the lives of uh, Pawlikowski's parents, which is nice. Okay. Um, and then, so the film then tells the story of the 
the love story between Victor, the main composer, conductor, musician, genius guy, and a member of this ensemble whose name is Zula. Mm. Um, one of the women who is recruited to the company to sort of dance and sing. Um, I thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. I saw it a little while ago with a friend of the podcast, Patrick, and it was so long ago in a previous screening that I wanted to refresh my memory, so I saw it again today with you. Mm. I thought it was great. I um, It's definitely a fairly slow burn, I thought. Yeah? Um, but... I think one of the most interesting things about it is I think one of the ways that it tells the story slowly in that it's these people who... Have you ever seen Harry Met Sa- When Harry Met Sally? No. I really like it. It's, similarly to this, a story about these two people who sort of want to be in a relationship but never seem to be in the right place in their, in their lives at the same time. And so when Harry Met Sally tells the love story between two people, they sort of keep missing each other on a romantic level over the course of about 20 years. Right. And this is the same sort of thing. Mm. So it, they sort of meet... At this, um, at this Polish music camp, music school kind of thing in 1949, and then it skips ahead like two years, and they're doing an ensemble, and he's like the boss, and she's not, uh, and then it skips ahead like four years, and he's playing jazz piano in a club, and then it skips, and it just skips large amounts of time like that, and shows them randomly meeting up again, and for whatever reason not being able to hit it off again. And, right. Um, I just think it's a really interesting way of portraying the relationship and I think it's a really great way of getting you engaged in the relationship what do you reckon there I mean there are parts that I think match that pattern but then towards the tail end of the film they sort of end up spending more time together and kind of like give being together yeah. a proper go um, I was kind of trying to describe both films there but yeah right yeah no I, I think that's a really good description for the the sort of um, setup and mid the the the, the opening and middle mm. section of the film. Um, but I guess towards the conclusion, it sort of shows what happens when they end up Yeah, together. and even like even when they're together, kind of emotionally, they seem to be in different places and they're not really... That's yeah. why I think it's an interesting point of difference between this and something like When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Um, I thought it was okay. Actually, I didn't enjoy it as much as I had hoped I would. I was, it felt for me like about a sort of 6 out of 10. Um, yeah. Like, it didn't have... I felt like this was probably really hard to make. Absolutely. And the period drama nature of it was unbelievably impressive. Yeah, and also, like, lighting completely changes when you have to do it in black and white. Yeah. Um, because you have to know what will create enough contrast and what will create good-looking shadows and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So you can't just shoot as you would on color and then kind of adapt it this um, is like a weird question but you're mentioning black and white stuff I always wonder like why filmmakers choose to shoot something in black and white versus anything yeah, else and maybe know. that's a weird question because you could ask like oh why did you choose to li- well, light it like that and they go oh I just like the way it looked it's a creative decision so like I get that maybe that's what it is but it seems like such a tremendous aesthetic difference that I think in this particular case yeah well like we I'd be we, interested to see what it adds in the same way someone can like analyze lighting emotionally or analyze like a metaphor in a book I'd be interested to have an analysis of what it is about black and white film that is artistically expressed in the film I Here's another. If you know what I mean. Here's a hot take f- yeah. from from me with absolutely no real justification behind it. I yeah. think this film would have been a mediocre film festival film if it had been in color. And I think and the it's fact like a that it was pretentious in black and decision white or was, something. I don't think it was a pretentious decision, but I think that people are ascribing a whole lot of um, a whole lot of. 
artistic value to the fact that the film was in black and white when in actual fact it doesn't really give Do the anything. film any more substance than it would be if it was in color. Maybe that's because what it is. Yeah. I thought the storyline in this was pretty mediocre, actually. Like, I didn't... Both of the characters are self-centered and unlikable. Um, I definitely didn't like her character is, very much. I thought no, he she was... She's like a selfish diva kind of character. And, yeah. and the film doesn't really shy away from that. It's not like it's a character flaw. It's like she's almost aware of it at points. Yeah. And so is he. At one point he says like, you know, you should go and find a man that will put up with you or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, he loves her. I definitely um, thought there was a couple sort of tropes to the way she was depicted that I thought were a bit too sort of stereotypical and tropey and like the the ideal girlfriend kind of character that she was. Like right. towards the end in the 60s, I'm sort of mentioning what you were saying. Towards the end, there's that scene where she's dancing to rock around the clock and like sort of getting all flirty and sort of throwing herself over all these men on the dance yeah, floor. I sort like, of thought it was a bit strange and he, a bit... He's not giving her enough attention so she goes and dances with a bunch of other guys to like make him jealous and it... Yeah. Was, that was definitely a weird scene where I just yeah. thought like, what are you trying to... Like, what's in, in the same way as people sort of are annoyed with like the manic pixie dream girl kind of mm. um, depiction of women in a lot of sort of indie drama rom-com type things. Right. I mean, that was like definitely a depiction of a female character sort of like, oh, is that... <laughs> is that an interesting way of portraying that? Yeah, and so I guess like in terms of the storyline... And the, the, let's say in terms of the storyline, in opposition to the aesthetic of this film, yeah. I think the aesthetic of this film was reasonably strong. Like it had, as you say, like fantastic set design, costume, makeup, all of the... It's one of those films where it looks like it was filmed in 1949. Yeah. You're I, like, fact, well, that would be what they would have to it, do. I forgot. Yeah. And I think at one point in this movie, um, I was watching a young girl sing during the uh, auditions yeah. process when they're in the house at the start. And I was like... She's wearing like this knitted jumper that has kind of holes in it and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, she! This is like last year. Like that's, she, a, co- that's a costume someone had to yeah, make." Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And she's like standing there singing, wearing that costume. And then at another point, there were a couple of boys playing football out the front of a building that they were in, and they were all yeah. wearing like gray those kinda. private school like gray shorts with the tucked in collared shirts with short sleeves. And yeah. again, I was like, "Oh." That those are costumes. Like yeah. that's that's crazy that I forgot. And it all it's the big city shots, like when he's walking through Berlin mm. and there's there's like ruined bombed buildings he's just walking past right. and like torn off faded wet posters hanging off the wall that are all sort of in half in German and half in Russian. And like it's just it looks like it was filmed in Yeah. Like the ruins of East Berlin or I whatever. Like it, it just looks spectacular. And, and it's shot on thirty-five mil, I think. So I, there's I, like, would, I can't tell from looking. There's at a fair it. bit of film grain on it. Sure. Um, and it was also shot in four by three. Which Again, it's just like why? a letterbox format. So it's got two. Well, it doesn't take the whole cinema screen. It's yeah. got two big black bars on the side of the screen. People are not four by three aspect ratio. Ah, <laughs> some people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's not white. Yeah, it's a four by three aspect ratio, and it's black and white. Mm. But I, I just also we had an annoying thing in the cinema where the screen we was fucked. It, where the screen was, <laughs> was like it looked like it was tilted backwards was, the whole time. It was time. all like a fucking like trapezium or something. One day I'll um, see a movie where they're not <laughs> fucking up. Anyway, so I just don't understand beyond, why it's in black and white or why it's in four by three. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I other feel than like just, I've seen. Isn't it arty? It's like an invitation for. Like I th- honestly thought that it'd be like so it's, it seems like the sort of movie that's inviting you specifically to like it. Yeah, and like, I, it I being guess in black and white and four by three, is, uh, especially like another one that we're teeing up to go through is Roma, which is on Netflix I've at heard the moment, that's great. and that is another European black and white film. Yeah, um, and I hope it's not the same as this because I just didn't enjoy this as much as I'd hoped. I feel like it didn't take advantage of the 
the black and white stuff. I mean, like, yeah, sure, there were some nice-looking shots, but I, there were shots... I think the shots that I liked in this, I didn't like for any reason at all because it was in black and white. They were it just was nice because they were anyway. nice shots and they would have been nice in colour as well. I suppose so. And I think a lot it, of the way in which all white, all light colours kind of look white in black and white, obviously, yeah. means you get a lot more of a... Sim- maybe it's... You get a lot more of a simplicity to the shot. Because, for example, there's a couple times where I... I sort of bumped you and went like, oh, I like that shot. Um, right. And they were like, when they were sort of, walk, for example, like, excuse me, walking towards camera um, with a long sort of beautiful European terraced houses sort of street winding up behind them. Mm. And all the buildings kind of look white and the sky looks white and everything else. And maybe just the idea that like all the colors can sort of be aggregated as this beautiful white, natural light flooding through the shot kind of aesthetic. I think he- Makes it look pure and natural in a way that color often can look it sounds like a crazy thing to say but often <laughs> yeah. color can Uh-oh. look really <laughs> saturated and contrasty and gritty or whatever but in a way this is the only thing that's in a black and white film i know which is why i think that's kind of odd to say like like i really love nat- lots of natural light in photos yeah. and video where i like the shot and i think that maybe like black and white means that like all you're getting is light and all you're getting is these beautiful natural light yeah, i think maybe it's it that, lends itself more to that kind it of it lends itself to a real texturism of the film where like yeah. you you can you watch the way that light interplays off surfaces a lot more you consider what parts of a person are in light and shadow a lot more yeah. um you know you're removing the nuance of color and it's the, it, you can make things either very stark or very soft depending yeah. on the lighting that you use. And I just didn't feel like this film really showcased that much at all. Like, uh, yeah. But yet made the, as you say, very bold, very obvious decision to shoot in black and white. And, uh, and yeah. four by three. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I wasn't sure if that was part of the camera that they were using or some shit. But even know, then, but like oh. you've made the decision before you start filming yeah. that it's going to look like this. Why wouldn't you do more about that? I, there were just... You know, the, some of the most interesting shots were the establishing so- shots of the city around them. And then the actual yeah. kind of character pieces, as I said, just could have been could have been in colour and it wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than you did. I think that I, I really... I don't I, know why I, I didn't get anything yeah, out of it. I don't know. I, I lack the technical ability to describe why it is that I thought the shot looked good. Because you're a moron. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't minor it in film <laughs> studies at the Australian National University, okay. <laughs> where their film department no longer oh. exists. Getting <laughs> boom, faint. Boom, 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 boom. But yeah, like I, I just, I just like, I, I really enjoyed looking at it. And it seems like a weird question to sort of sit there and sort of think about, like, what would that have looked like? Have you in seen color? Schindler's List? No, I haven't. Right. That is a three hour black and white film that I believe is. Steven Spielberg. It is Steven Spielberg, yeah. but I believe it's long enough ago that it was also in 4x3. Yeah. It's probably letterbox widescreen, but. 4x3. But... No, widescreen movies have existed since the fucking 30s. It's probably. If it's in 4x3, it's because they've deliberately. I think it might be in, like, really super widescreen. Anyway, whatever. Whatever it is, who cares? Yep. But the entire one of the entire points of that film is being like shot blood in is black red and or white is like there. Yeah, there red. are several red objects, and one of them is a young girl who is being taken, I think, into a concentration camp, and her jacket is red. Yeah. Right. And the whole movie, your eyes are trained to be black, black and white, black and white, black and white, black and white. It seems like it then, makes it seem to me like the whole movie is a sight ah, gag. I just realized. You know what, what I mean? It is. No, there's another fucking movie that I've seen, and it's a Brazilian film that takes place entirely in. Uh, the Amazon rainforest. That is a fantastic movie. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like enter the. We got. Hang on. We got to figure out what this is called. Yeah. 
That's it. And we're back. Okay, uh, that film, the film Andrew was talking about was Embrace of the Serpent. Yeah, okay. So if you want what I would have wanted out of this movie, go and watch Embrace of the Serpent. That is a, yeah. as I said, a black and white film that takes place entirely in the Brazilian or Amazon rainforest. Yeah. And uh, the way that they've recorded that, the what the shots that they choose to include, the way that they portray the jungle and how... Uh, that's why I was using that word textural earlier because you get close-ups of like leaves with dew kind of like dripping off them and like you can see the, the, the holes in the leaf yeah. and it becomes this whole new landscape that you're actually given well, access to and it's, it's heightened by... The um, black and white. The black and white. And also, like, of course, some actors are black, some actors are white. There's a lot of shots yeah. that are lit only by firelight. Well, and so the interplay of the natural light of someone's face yeah. isn't... Well, to sort of play devil's advocate to that, people talk a lot about how... Um, like, you know, people talk about, like, there's that common criticism of, like, a lot of films, oh, it's a chick flick. And people say, oh, why do, why do all films that are, like, dumb comedies with women in them have to be, have to be great? Flicks, yeah. Why, why oh, is right. it... If, why is it, oh, it's a chick flick if it's bad kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not articulating that correctly, but you know what I mean. In the same way, like, is it fair to say if you want to have a film that's in black and white, you have to have amazing cinematography? Because, like, there are some arty films, like, for example, You Were Never Really Here is in colour and it has beautiful cinematography. And then there are other films where they're dramas that we've watched, like, for example, um, uh, Chappaquiddick is a drama that's in colour and it doesn't necessarily have, like, amazing, beautiful un cinematography. Yeah. Unremarkable. But it's not as if we were, like, no, I haven't any amazing shots in this kind of thing. Uh, but no, because but is it because <laughs> this is in black and white and that's a cinematographic choice yeah. that you'd want to hope like, right, if you're doing that, I hope it's because you've got some fucking amazing shots like, planned. As, as humans, we pretty universally decided that we prefer watching <laughs> colour films. And so I think if you want to backtrack like 70 years of progress and technology... It has to be because you're really going to use it. I am going to actively avoid the use of colour. Right you should probably have a good reason why, because otherwise you're just losing a huge part of the film. I suppose and so. I mean, I... I See, what, what I was thinking before was, like, trying to think, would that shot have been improved if it was in colour kind of thing? Yeah. And it seems like a bizarre thing to think. But I think that there are... I don't think... I think there are some shots that were really beautiful and they wouldn't have been any more beautiful in colour. Like, I no, think there are some I, shots where they might have been better. But it's hard to know. You would never they know. they were better in black and white. I think so, but it's, it's Maybe, impossible but to know. So I, it's a crazy sort of thought experiment to sit there and be like, one of the, I mean, Embrace of the Serpent as a as an example, um, there is one scene that's in color, and yeah. it's when it's it's uh, someone takes like a an ayahuasca or whatever. brew, yeah, and they go on like a spiritual journey, and one of the points of the spiritual journey is like as a cinema goer. Or like, if from the director's perspective, and I'm I'm gonna take a bit of license here. Yeah, yeah. I think what they were trying to say is, how can you articulate to someone who's never done this what having ayahuasca is like? And it's like if you if okay, your yeah. entire so world make the whole black movie and black and white, and then yeah, and then you get this like insane burst of color that's just in almost incomprehensible in the context of what's happened before that. Yeah, and then once again after it's finished you're back to that reality but have the awareness of this thing that exists yeah. and don't have access to that in reality anymore that's a yeah. pretty fucking strong artistic cool. reason to use black and white Actually, it's a very specific reason to use yeah, black and sure. white and I think that like 
it comes back to what I mentioned at the very start of like me sort of posing this question mm. about like you wouldn't ask someone why they chose that specific lens or like why they chose that specific kind of lighting because the answer or the answer would always be oh, I just think it looked better I it just like the best shot. I just like the way it looked that yeah. way it's always so subjective like with you know you were never really here with the neon light type lighting mm. effects or um the way in which um uh in the bad times at the El Royale or whatever the fuck that movie was called, the way that like the light bounces off the light, the the, the rain slick Slipped roads road. yeah. that they would have had to like douse with water and get the right look. So it's right. all artificial. There's a lot of very specific things about, you know, making music and making movies where the answer is just, oh, I just personally think it looked cool that way. Mm. So like that would be the answer. But it just seems like because it's such a noticeable choice, like th- there should be something better. Yeah, exactly. It seems it like just, there should be something deeper. And that's what I th- I really think that like I, I, I would love for someone to give me a different perspective. So, like, yeah. I, I think a lot of people actually have seen Cold War. So, if you're listening... Um, and why you, is it in black and white? Why, and is, it, why it. is it their colour? Well, what <laughs> did you think really gave this film a lot of substance? Yeah. Like, was it the... the well, they just had it in English, too. Why do we have to read the substance? <laughs> <laughs> so, the relationship between the two characters, I felt, was pretty cliched and not particularly interesting and didn't endow me with a great sense of empathy for either character because they should have just not been yeah. such pricks i thought the performances were spectacular they were great yeah like at no he's, point he's not a piano player from poland in 1949 i noticed that they were <laughs> i noticed that they did uh like not show his hands a lot of well, the time like when jeffrey rush shine type shit. Top, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was a fair bit of that um but beyond that like i think that yeah you're right the performances were were so uh, good s- supreme she was really good all of the background characters everywhere you you felt like it it felt like it was shot in like 1950 yeah this was like comparable to documentary footage and how yeah. convincing it and was and the same thing in like exactly sure. in like where you know the kids playing in front of a shack in the yeah. middle of a wasteland field really, like, where really the fuck good. do they find that yeah you know so like, i guess a beautiful whole city street in like yugoslavia and so like, where the fuck do they find that yeah and, like, and it just feels weird to about such an artistic film that ha- it clearly has made such strong choices yeah to say oh the set design was pretty good well the whole sort of the whole sort of artistic direction of the whole film yeah. was but you know what i mean yeah. like, it's that's not like, but like, how is the narrative single, uh, lacking? Well, those those sort. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's a, it's a shit thing. But like, for all the other effort they have with the film, yeah, for you to have not liked the and I just story don't. A I bit. just I don't have a good reason. Like, I can come up with a good reason why Schindler's List is in black and white. I can come up yeah. with a good reason why um, Embrace of the Serpent is in black and white. I cannot come up with a good reason why this was in black yeah. and white. Um, Definitely I'm, not why it was in four by three. Yeah, I think it was worth watching for me. Per I've seen it twice now. I didn't yeah. watch it twice because I loved it necessarily, but I did like it. Um, I think if you're pretty, like for example, uh, my mum and her like elderly friend wanted a good film to go see, and I recommended this, and they liked it. Right. Um, all the music's really good. I think. Yeah. I think one annoying thing is that they play one specific song in like the film 50 times. about five times, <laughs> and by the fifth time they play it, I was Once laughing. It's a jazz version, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, like because there's. They play it once when it's like some girl on the street singing it. Yeah. They play it once when like their ensemble performs it for the first time. A third time, like five years later, when the guy goes to watch the the ensemble that he's now no longer a part of, and they've jazzed it up a bit. Right. Like fucking a fourth time when they play a jazz version of it in a club, and a fifth time when she's recorded it and she's singing it in French. And by the time the fifth time comes, you're like. Jesus, and there are <laughs> there are so many other folk songs, and they return yeah. to this one fucking song like five times, and they're but, all like different versions, but you know the lyrics by then. Yeah, yeah, it's 
Because well, there's this very specific bit where they sort of go instead of like, they go, hoy, oy, oy. Yeah. And it's such a weird noise to make. And it sounds about that jarring. So. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, Pat, I had the same complaint and I voiced it to Pat and he didn't seem to give a shit. But, right. No, um, I, I came across that in the movie where yeah. I was like, I know that's a word in Polish, but to my English tongue, no, I think it it's like dumb. I think it's like na na na. Like I don't think it was a word. Uh, they still uh, had subtitles on the first time yeah. they came up, and so <laughs> I was like, maybe they're just drawing it out. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, if not, man, it's yeah, it was. I, I think it was worth seeing. And obviously, like yes, that becomes a motif, and how the song yeah. changes reflects the changing of the characters across time, and yeah. yeah. Um, but it wasn't interesting. I thought their relationship was compelling in the same kind of like uh, romantic kind of way that I think that when I, when, when Harry met Sally, despite the fact that it's just it, it's not just like a rom com. I think it's mm. one of my favorite movies. It's really great. Right. Um, just the idea, and it seems like there's there's probably loads of people like that out there in the world that you know they would be right for you if you could be with them three years from now. With you now, if that makes sense. Like, if, right. if if 2015 me could be with 2019 that person, we'd have a perfect relationship. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you can never work that out. Yeah. And the same way as this, I just feel like I, I really liked, in a whimsical, sad kind of way, watching these people constantly kind of miss each other. And due to, like, circumstances that were out of their control, or, like, she was in a bad place at that time, or he was kind of selfish there, and just kind of, like... And then to finally be together after 15 years... Or whatever it was. Sorry, spoilers for the end of Cold War. Um, yeah, sort of. It's a romance movie. They get together, whatever. Um, like, sort of, yeah. Throughout the movie, in fact, they get together. Like, to, to finally have the way it ends after 15 years, I just kind of felt like, oh, isn't that isn't that a shame kind of thing? Um, to really spoil the ending, because I yeah, had a yeah, question yeah. and I'm not clear about Double it. spoilers. So, <laughs> one, two... Kill themselves at the yeah, end of the film. Yeah, absolutely, and it's edgy Why? and it's stupid. Why do they kill themselves? I was, at the end I was of the just <laughs> about. I was just about to bring this up. That yeah. I just couldn't. For me, that was the most. You know how I like. I imagine. You know how sometimes I'm like, oh, I love this film. It's so artistic. And yeah. It has like made so many interesting like, yeah, whatever, choices. Whatever, so yeah. And you're like, whatever, you pretentious yeah. little fuck. Yeah. I. At the end of this film, when she's like scooping the pills into her hand, I'm like, she's gonna fucking. They're gonna kill themselves, really? Yeah. Like, they just what? They can't deal with it or whatever. Like, but like, he had finally got out of prison. Sure, he couldn't play piano anymore, right? Because he was like tortured or whatever. And she can't. And she sing anymore or what? Like, she seemed to be doing fine. Like again, I had no empathy for these characters. So even if they had had like fundamental, like impactful losses that they had just both mutually decided to. In companionship, not deal with anymore. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck. I think she was. I mean, and I felt she like was, it was al- unreasonable of them to kill themselves. Yeah, no. Like I think the worst is. I mean, he had a broken hand and couldn't play piano, and he loves music. So I mean, that sucks. She. I'm trying to logically logic it out. She. I think had two failed marriages and some sort of alcohol problem, and maybe a kid she didn't love. Right. Um. I just don't think that that amounts to like. But the whole problem. Let's kill ourselves. With, yeah, the <laughs> whole they're problem finally, that she had. They're was together that because she they got through it. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She wasn't with him, and so like you know, she kept. They kept being with other people over the course of time, and like accumulating this flotsam of other relationships. Yeah. And then when <laughs> when they finally aren't burdened with that anymore, they just kill yeah. themselves. No, I, uh, yeah. Why? Yeah, I, I have no. I have no idea no why they killed themselves. Reason, and I'm. 
like I'm reaching for metaphorical reasons why they <laughs> might have done it. Yeah, no, and the last line sounded lame when they're like, yeah. "Let's go." They, they're literally sitting on the side the of a, they're, they're sitting on the side of the road, and in, in a crossroads in, in yeah. fields, and they go, "Let's go on. Let's go to the other side. The view's better over there." Yeah, it was it was akin to someone sitting on a park bench and saying. The grass is greener over there. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, shooting themselves with a gun. Yeah. Like, I'm I changing that, the order a little um, bit with the same impact. I know, I know you have, like, an equal amount of gripe, it seems, with the whole fucking film. That, it's the ending that I mostly was like, hold on, what? Yeah. Did they, like, to the point where, like, I didn't understand. I, I thought maybe they didn't kill themselves and I misunderstood and maybe they were Skittles or some shit because it just made no sense. No, it, didn't, it, didn't, yeah. it made no sense. And, no. like... The fact that that happened really sealed the deal for me on like, oh, this is, yeah, this is kind of pretentious film festival bullshit. Yeah, where exactly. It, it doesn't have any actual substance, but they've chosen to like shoot it in black and white 35 mil and so, and it's Polish. And so all of a yeah. sudden it's like, oh, this is kind great. of through, yeah, exactly. Through the Western, like, you know, Eastern or like Western European perspective and America and Australia, it's like, it's visionary. Like, I don't think it is. I don't think it does anything interesting. I think yeah. nothing about this film was interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I thought the. I thought I know, the performances. I know some were, people yeah. liked it. I thought and the performances were good. I thought the period, the depiction of the period of the sort of late forties, early fifties, was fantastic. Right. Um, maybe it was let down by some shitty writing. For me, that's just not enough to make me like it. Yeah. You know. Um. I'd be interested to see how this stacks up to Roma. That's the new Alfonso Cuarón movie. This, man. I've heard it's great. I've heard shop. I've said before. I've heard Shoplifters. It's a Japanese film. I'm just trying yeah. to going through the other nominations for best foreign film. I've heard <laughs> Shoplifters not is from Australia or yeah. America. <laughs> um, they should do best foreign animated feature. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. It's, yeah. ju- it's just best anime. <laughs> 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 um, Shoplifters is a Japanese film that I've heard um, is great from Mary. Uh, and I've I've got on this list here. I don't know whether this is their speculation or it's actually numbered. But Burning, we saw a trailer for yeah, today, which looks, looks like a pretty. It looks again. It looks arty, but it looks like a pretty cool no, South looked... South Korean film. Korean cinema is pretty um, fucking good. We should watch the host. And the, they look good. So I mean, I don't think that. I think I could maybe. I think you've convinced me. I don't think this deserves to win if it wins best foreign film. Oh I God, think, no! Because it's Absolutely nominated. Absolutely not. Oh, um, fuck. Why? Because it's in four by three. It's and not it's black even and white. like Oscar bait. Storyline stuff. It is Oscar Beatty. It's about. It's about. It's. It's a beautiful. It has beautiful music, and it's black and white, and it's four by three, and it's not. They don't speak English in it. There's no substance. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Oscar bait. Fine. Like dropping in. Like let's make a four by three in black in and white head, just to get him. In my head, Twelve Years a Slave was Oscar bait because it yeah. was like preying on moral sensibilities, and no. like I didn't enjoy that film. I, I think this is the sorts of people who like when I watched it, love so. it because it's in black and white for no reason. And I, I thought it was good. I th- for the right. media, for me, I thought it was like a six or a seven. Like, I thought it was good. Ah, oh, this was it wasn't like, excellent. My enjoyment like was actually bad. My enjoyment of this film was a three. Right. I'm giving it a lot of credit for like a no. I think I mean, six. The, the second time I watched it, I was definitely less interested, which I don't think is an obvious thing to say. Um, no. But the first time I watched it, I thought I thought it was good. I was really intrigued by it the first time, and I definitely walked out being like, "Oh, that was great." Right. The first time. So maybe like give it more time to think about. Why did you enjoy so much about it? I like a lot of the visually. I think a lot of it right. was interesting. I think okay. the music I liked, despite the fact that they played like one song like five times. And uh, yeah, I kind of like the relationship dynamic, and I thought the characters were really well performed. Yeah. Even though she was not very likable, I thought he was a good character. See, you're right about the I art liked direction. Him. You're right about the performance. I think it's literally just a script. Some. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe that's my main problem with it. But like, yeah. 
I think the script in combination with not having a good reason why it was in black and white and also the ending. <laughs> yeah, the ending well, was, was bullshit. Yeah. Just... Right, okay. Yeah. Um, oh. I'm, I'm frustrated because I really wanted to like this movie a lot and I wanted to see, like, really yeah. have a really wonderful cinematic right. experience and I just didn't. Yeah, okay. Well, I... I, I but I other people have enjoyed it, so I'd recommend yeah. people going. I haven't it. seen Romeo yet, so in 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 lieu of a better than worse than, because I think it's such a weird film. Um, I I I think I'm gonna go see Roma and see if that's better. I imagine it probably might be. I'd be intrigued to compare this, like I said before, against other foreign language. Well, this was Academy much Award worse than Embrace of the Serpent. Okay, right. Which was great, but like it's only only the same in that it made only relatable in that it made good use of black and white foreign film, black and white. Yep. Okay, sure, great. Okay. Uh, that's all we got to do for uh, our, films this week. our films this week. Yeah, should we kick into some quick news and then we'll yeah. wrap it up? I had a, I, I thought maybe we could do that. Uh, we'll save, we'll save a little quote segment for next week because I think I've got a good one. But oh, okay. tease yeah, that yeah, for yeah, next cool. week. Yep, okay, yep, cool. Um, uh, President Obama shared his favorite films of 2018 on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Oh, okay, I'll run through them quickly. I didn't know Disney made a movie about drones. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Um, <laughs> It's cool that like Obama is shouting out these films, yeah. right? So uh, Annihilation. Uh, that's on Netflix. It's yeah. got Natalie Portman in it. Oh, and yeah, apparently right. it's really good. Okay. But, but it's all leading to this climax of the end scene, which I just watched on YouTube. So oh, right. Well, <laughs> I don't really want to watch <laughs> it. Spoil it. Yep. Obama would be furious and you yeah. don't want to incur his wrath. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Blindspotting, Burning is that Korean film we're looking okay. forward to. Yeah. The Death of that Stalin. That's really good. Yeah. The Death of Stalin. I thought it was fine. Awesome. I don't think it deserves to be on a top 10 oh, list I liked of the year. It a lot. Yeah. Um, eighth Grade looks great. Uh, that's the Bo oh, Burnham. Yeah. Uh, drama about kids in the eighth grade is apparently sort of really hard, sort of hard hitting. Yeah, I is that the, out or is uh, it been out? It's comes comes out it? like next week in oh, okay. Australia. Awesome. It's coming out real soon. I yeah, want to go cool. see it. Uh, if Beale Street could talk, mm. leave no trace. Minding the gap, the rider, Roma, shoplifters. We support no support the girls. Hey, shoplifters. Yeah, and won't you be my neighbor? So a mm. nice mix of yeah. um, films that we've mentioned have done a, done a lot for like. Uh, representation of non-white characters. Uh, some foreign films in there. I noticed he wasn't a big fan of Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't see it because of a distribution problems or something. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so that's in- that's interesting. Uh, uh, top comment on the website I'm looking here says it's fucking crazy that like, Bo Burnham used to like do funny YouTube videos about dicks and stuff and now yeah. the president is publicly Obama's calling saying, out his movie. Great movie, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Another quick headline for you. We didn't do the we didn't do the music. Ah, uh, it's okay. Ah. Uh, I'm, I'm genuinely a bit disappointed. We forgot to do the music. You jumped in when I was waiting for you, man. Oh. We're doing we're doing it now. Okay. There you go, special one for you. Um, Beef Bulletin. Beef Bulletin. <laughs> the original You're Poke- fucking fired, mate. The original, po- <laughs> the original Pokemon movie is being remade in CGI form. Oh, shit. They're going to be redoing the 98, uh, oh, 1998 huge. Mewtwo Strikes you, Back. You didn't have the intonation responsible for that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, 1998's uh, Pokemon Mewtwo Completely Strikes Back remade. is going to be remade. Holy shit. Um, 20 years later. Yeah, Who's very, very excited. For that? Like no one. <laughs> oh god, I'll pay money. But It'll be like... great. I remember being really jealous when that first. So 1998, 1998. I think I was in kindergarten in 1999, and I remember everyone getting when you went to see the movie. I didn't go to see it at the cinemas. 
because I think it was kind of off my radar at the right. time. And I remember a lot of my friends having the Mew Pokemon card got that you got bad boys. if you went there. I, seemed, I, I was like fucking caught up about that for so long. Never got to go see the Pokemon movie. But like, I don't think I ever asked to go see the Pokemon movie. Mm. It just like wasn't on my radar at all. Um, and I didn't collect cards either. I just like... I think I just missed it, and it was it's like this lingering thing in my Objectively, the coolest Pokemon card that's ever been printed. Yeah, and you know the one I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It looks it. like I'm going to Hieroglyph. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, excited for that. Hieroglyph's way less cool than that Mew card. Yeah. 6,000-year-old Egyptian <laughs> writing. No. Fucking lame compared to this Pokemon card. Going to be released in Japan this summer. No word, according to this website here, no word as yet of what English kind of like worldwide release yeah, is going to okay. be. Uh, July 12th, 2019 in Japan. It'll be fine um, for all you subs fans out there. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine has, quote, a lot of Carrie, Footer, Carrie Fisher footage that it's available to be used oh, okay. for the film, which will be interesting. I'm right. still excited. It's not really much of a headline, but I'm, I'm interested to see how they go about using that. It's going to be... They started filming it in They're August. Like, yeah, of... we got three whole movies, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they started, to, they started doing it in uh, episode, August of 2018. Oh, right. So I imagine no, I was be... implying they can reuse footage from the original. Oh right, four, five, no. six. <laughs> um, yes. How's this one for you? You'll love. You'll love this one. Okay. John Krasinski has explains his Quiet Place sequel concept. Right. So we've been sort of slowly trickling out information about this. He apparently had an idea <laughs> and he's been, <laughs> he's been uh, working on a... We've been personally in talks with John well, you know Krasinski what I mean. we've, and we've, we've been going we've back had, and forth on we've what had, we can release. We've had not much information about this sequel for a while. We've been sort of speculating, I hope it's this, I hope it's this. He sort of had an idea for a screenplay. He's been sort of working. He has some sort of vague creative control. Here we go. Um, he said in some interview recently, it was like, for example, we're not even sure whether it's going to be the same characters or not. Yeah, right. uh, he said in an interview recently, the beauty of it is, quote, that it's the expansion of a world. Most sequels are about the return of a villain or a hero, oh, and you have to build a totally new story about around, you have to build it, in most sequels, you have to build a totally new story around your favorite hero or favorite villain. With this sequel, we actually have the world to deal with. The world is actually the star of the movie. Awesome. I'm right? in on that. So this set I'm of circumstances, he says. So this set of circumstances, how the rest of the world is dealing with this apocalypse tragedy, is the fun of it. That's what drew me back. Which sounds exactly like what we want to do. What what we would want a new sequel to be. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean. So um, that is hitting my back walls. So he says um, uh, he is writing it at the moment he's not sure if he's going to end up directing it but he, he's en- he's he's really personally entertained by the idea because he says it's cool it doesn't really feel like a sequel it seems like another movie set in that world yeah cool. which i'll be 100 all in on seeing yeah, yeah. absolutely um world was the strongest part of that th- we've got a pretty good idea of the casting of the new wes anderson film it's going to be called the french dispatch uh it's just been announced recently Dispatch. That- <laughs> the French Dispatch. Uh, Saoirse Ronan is going to be in the film alongside Timothy Chalamet. Now they both work together. They Grand both work together on yeah on Lady Bird as well. Oh, okay. Well, she was in Grand Budapest. Yeah, yeah. she was. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, Benicio del Toro, Jeffrey Wright, right. Francis McDormand, Tilda Swinton, Bill Murray. Okay. Uh, yep. With rumors of Natalie Portman, Bradley Pitt. Unbelievable and- that Bill Murray is not dead. Yeah, also, I accidentally said Bradley Pitt, and I'm going to nail down on that one now. <laughs> Bradley Pitt? <laughs> when he's like... Bradley Pittle? <laughs> I, I want, like, Brad, Brad, Bradley Pittenstein. Yeah. <laughs> you know Bradley Pittenstein was in... um. Oh, you, you mean that classical composer? Yeah, yeah, he, he used oh, to be in Fight God. Club. You know the guy with the frosted tips? Um... Oh, <laughs> the Oceans movies just would not be the same. Yeah, um... Uh, 
interview with the two dudes who are the sort of vague producers or whatever of the Spider-Verse film mentioned that it's, it wouldn't be off limits to do a sequel that integrates um, other parts of Marvel movies. He said like, oh, the, the beauty okay. of this... Uh, sorry, nothing is off limits. The beauty of this multiverse thing is that literally anything is possible. Any variation you can think of, we'd like to think that all of these movies and worlds can exist in parallel and we'd want to see what happens. They were sort of asking whether you could have some sort of... make a fucking Avengers one. Whether they could have some sort of integration the with the um, Tom Holland version maybe or some... Because they've already sort of directly referenced the Sam Raimi one and all that sort of shit. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That'd be interesting if they sort of do a similarly creative kind of uh, movie but work in different characters like they could do the same thing with Iron Man or whatever you know like it'd be yeah. interesting in the same yeah. way this was interesting but I didn't think it I would just, be I want everyone that worked on Into the Spider-Verse to do a non-Marvel movie yeah exactly. <laughs> you know yeah like get something new in them but uh, yeah they've probably signed lifetime contracts yeah um, I'm sort of tossing up which headline can be my last one here um, <laughs> this week, people thought Olivia Newton-John was dead. Oh yeah, <laughs> and she had to clarify, <laughs> and she had to jump out on the internet and say that. I think it's a Mark Twain quote where she said that the rumors of her death had been great, greatly exaggerated. Yeah. Um. Apparently, she was the rumors that she had some sort of form of cancer and was like definitely going to die. And she's like, no, I'm fine. Just leave me alone. <laughs> um. <laughs> and stop the, sending flowers to my family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last one I've got here is that the Notebook is going to become a Broadway musical. <laughs> because of course it will be. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't have. Uh, wow. I don't know enough about Broadway musicals to know any of the names of any of the people that are I don't know enough this, about The Notebook. Oh, you know, it's that fucking. I know it, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yep, I've not seen it. Oh, I mean, me apparently neither. it's quite good, <laughs> and involves time travel. If yeah. I'm no, I think oh, is, that the, is that the lake house? I don't know. Oh, maybe that's one I think. I, I don't really. Brian no, maybe it is the. No, I, I don't know. We don't know. But you know, we'll <laughs> we'll just sit and be like, ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if that Imagine was a if that was a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and apparently, well, when the whoever whoever it was that was asked to do the musical adaptation, when she was asked if she wanted to do it, she cried. So you know, whatever. People care about the movie. Yep. Let's well, laugh at good them for her. That's the probably movie. a huge career break. Yeah. So awesome. Great. Last one was a headline. <laughs> I sort of saw half this headline. Yeah. And I've, been, like, I've been getting sizzled. <laughs> I yeah. sort of saw half this headline. I thought like, what? Oh, so the headline is <laughs> Christian Bale shirtless dick <laughs> Cheney scene was cut from Vice. <laughs> I thought like, <laughs> there's a scene with Christian Bale's dick? All right. Um, shirtless dick, <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> um, I, I mean, he also is probably pretty mad that he went to the... Fa- he went to the um, he went to the trouble of getting real fat for this film. He he gained twenty five kilos for the film. God, um, the man just yeah kills himself for and any role. He would have like oh so I you gotta be if he I gotta be cast. shirtless in the film, right? And they're like no, absolutely not. No, why would we want to see your, your gross body? No, yeah, he shows up to casting like six months later, and they're like oh you know we've got we got fat aesthetics. It's, it's yeah. fine. It's yeah, like, I don't really need him. <laughs> 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 <sighs> he gained 25 stone <laughs> yeah he yeah really like I I imagine when he gets a role he's like so what do I need to do do I need to like uh, lose an arm or a leg or am I gonna need to uh, do I yeah. need to like only exclusively gain 50 kilos on the left side of my body for this one or what and they're like <laughs> no you just you're just a pretty normal looking dude yeah <laughs> cool, like, I'll go get ripped. Yeah. 
I'm gonna, <laughs> no, don't. I'm going to get a bolt shot through my spine so I can... <laughs> oh, man. And he, he has this interview being be like... Permanently paralyzed. <laughs> yeah. He has this interview... Oh, he, in the interview here, he said he's not going to do it anymore. He said, like, it's probably fucking bad for That's him. Al- yeah. Yeah. Uh, or he said, what? like... He said, like... Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. He didn't... He said, like, I know it's bad for me. He also like, oh, I think maybe... But he said, like, oh, you're just... Ab- you're quite... You're just absolutely losing all discipline and gorging like crazy. <laughs> I've always enjoyed transformation. Like, yo, yeah, you enjoyed this one. Yeah, you guys just yeah. go fucking nuts and the have transformation back is an uphill donuts struggle, and mate. pasta. <laughs> Can you imagine actively having to gain twenty? It's like twenty-seven kilos. I think you'd feel horrible all the time. Yeah. Imagine when you've eaten too much. Now imagine that's your life and your job. <laughs> and you know you have to lose it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to. What if you're just fat forever? <laughs> Why are we laughing at that? There's a lot of people. Well, that I like, mean, this yeah. is really unhealthy for it. And also, he was, he's... and also he was Batman. If they were like, hey, can we take a... And the machinist. Yeah. Fuck, I wonder what his weight difference is between the oh, machinist... I've seen, I've seen comparisons. He's like gained and lost like something yeah. like 70 kilos. He's... Like, his weight range is more than my weight. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. he's lost and gained more than a human's worth of me yeah. to be in <laughs> movies. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Incredible. A uh, little bit disappointed that there is... In the Machinist, a... he was like 49 <laughs> kilos. Is it the Machinist? Machinist, whatever. <laughs> he was like 49 kilos. Right. Or some okay. shit like that. Yeah. And Ridiculous. Just, um, oh, apparently, yeah. Alfie Brown. This is related. Before we sort of wrap for up, Game of Alfie Brown for Game of Thrones. I listened to some podcasts with the Rooster Teeth guys, where they they are at the same sorts of conventions like Comic Con or whatever that big stars are, and right. so then they end up being on the same tour bus. You know, it's like oh, for a couple of days we're on the same buses. You know, fucking Doc Brown from Back to the Future for three days or whatever. And they said Neat. that for a, for a couple of days they were just hanging out with Alfie Brown from Game of Thrones for three days at the time when he had to lose all that weight to play Reek. Reek. And he said that like he was just eating nothing and sprinting. Everywhere, so like, if, oh, I remember if, hearing this. Yeah. <laughs> so if like they were getting a, a quick bus or a taxi just around the corner to go for dinner, he just piss bolt there and meet them there, <laughs> and then not eat. <laughs> Which is something that was ridiculous. Just like, I right, see you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, um, Christ, what a life. Oh, well, thanks for joining us this I'd week. On yeah, <laughs> I think that was a good app this week. Good app, hey. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that one. You be the judge. Uh, thanks for joining us for... Do you think that was a good ep? Cool, yeah. <laughs> Big year last year, and for our first ep of 2019, there's a whole bunch of films I'm interested in seeing over the next few yeah, weeks. Yeah, we've been... Uh, unfortunately, like, if I hadn't uh, been traveling for the last two weeks, I probably would have mostly been watching yeah. movies. There's I was lots. looking forward to being able to bank, like, ten episodes, yeah. but no, <laughs> we're playing a bit of catch-up. Looking forward to maybe seeing Vice, maybe seeing Eighth Grade. There's a whole bunch of movies we'll be able to... Definitely Fantastic Roma. movies that we'll be able to see over the next few weeks. Loro is also getting yeah. a wide release. I'm super keen so for that. Stay if there tuned. are any that you... And please let us know if there are any that you particularly want us to talk about that are coming yeah. up soon. We like to try and... We sort of... If it's in a quiet period, we'll watch old ones that people yeah. have requested, but we like to try and kind of keep on top of keep what's on the coming current out ones, at the yeah. moment. So um, well, there's if, always a lull. We'll be able to. If watch there's old ones coming ones well. out, yeah, yeah. But if there's ones, and we'll probably do a bit of a backlog of ones that yeah. people have asked for, classics. Yeah. But um, if there's ones that are coming out that you really want us to talk about, let us know. We'll make sure we see them because I'm kind of concerned that we'll miss some that are coming I think out so, yeah. soon. So um, yeah. Uh, as always, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash beefstationpod. Send us an email if you want to get in contact. That's uh, beefstationpod at gmail.com. Twitter is at beefstationpod. 
If you Google beef station pod, one word, I'm pretty sure it'll come up. Come up with everything. But don't look at the images. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I must don't get... do look at the images with our <laughs> fucking fantastic our new logo. Beautiful new logo. Thank oh, you, Tommy Dasselow. Isn't it Love wonderful. that logo. Seriously. Um, thanks for joining us for another week. Hi, Oscar. And See you later. South, sir. I'm shooting webs like worldwide. Man, had it all the way to Yonkers. When they say Brooklyn, stand up. You better just fix your posture. And every hero needs this theme song. So, you ain't got a chance, boy. What you think? I'm doing everything but the kitchen sink. I try to be feeling in the neighborhood. I know all the little grannies when I sip their tea. And here you come all barging in. All ugly like a brown fur cardigan. We can skip the monologue and argue. And I'm like, Do it.